If you own a vehicle in Pennsylvania, you're probably familiar with the annual safety inspection. It's that time each year when we're forced to stop ignoring that clunky noise, broken windshield wiper, or bald tires. Inspections, probably not the most popular way to spend a Saturday, but they're so important to ensure that the cars we're sharing the streets and highways with are roadworthy. I'm Ryan Tarkowski, and on today's edition of the Pennsylvania Prisons and Parole podcast, we'll visit with William Bush. He's the Automotive Mechanical Technology and State Inspection Instructor at SEI Mercer, and he goes to work every day to teach incarcerated students how to make sure the cars we're all driving are safe. Let's just start at the beginning and have you talk to us about your program. What's the name of the program and what do you teach exactly? Basically, automotive and mechanical and techno technology, and it's based towards state inspection. So when the reentrants leave here, they can go out and get a job in a garage and they already have their state inspection license. So state inspection, that's every year when I go to re-register my car, I've got to take it to a certified mechanic and they run it through a safety checklist, right? And Correct. what kind of stuff are they, are, do you teach the uh, your students to look for? Basically, we do everything. Everything from safety, uh, from lifting the cars up, we have to check the suspension, tires, uh, body, make sure there's no holes or anything in the body, the glass, wipers, seats. Um, engine make sure everything's working right with the motor mounts holding the engine and transmission in place just basically looking for defects in the car they could hurt you or i going down the road in a car if we get in an accident or something like that we teach more than just safety inspection stuff down here we go into the starters the alternators taking struts off learn how to use the headlight aimer uh, ball joints dial indicator basically a lot more stuff doing tires we have a tire machine and tire balancer down here where they can uh, learn how to take tires off and balance them and put them back on the rims so i mean it's just not basically towards state inspection there's other stuff that we do there but like i explained to my students this is just a stepping stone what you learn from here you can build on and go into the future Right. It's kind of give them, like you, like you said, that 101 class. And then there's a, probably, I'm sure, any garage they walk into, there's on-the-job training and, and shadowing and that sort of thing, right? Exactly right. And like I told them, I had to start somewhere, too. I started a career in technical school, and I worked for, you know, for trucking companies and cities and municipalities and stuff and built, worked my way up. Don't be afraid to learn something. Take the bull by the horns and learn. It's interesting. I'm a West Coast guy. I moved to Pennsylvania about 10 years ago now. And where I come from in California, and I spent a lot of time in Nevada, we never had inspections. We always had to do emissions every year, of course, to make sure right. you weren't uh, being too uh, polluting. But the inspection was something that was new to me when I moved out east here. Is it because of the harsher winters or why is that so important? No, we did it for the safety of the people of Pennsylvania and the people behind the wheels of the car to make it safe so they could get from point A to point B. Um, okay. bas basically, the winters do hammer our cars pretty good with rust and components, but a lot of people don't do a safety inspection or take their car to the garage unless something's broke on them. So they could also hurt somebody, you know, cause an accident, a fatal accident, if you know, plus injuries. What, what's your background? How did you get to the point where you're teaching at SCI Mercer? I have uh, over 25 years working for municipalities, working on police cars, anything from 
putting a bear car together with cages, light sirens, um, decals on them, working on fire trucks, loaders, driving salt trucks when needed for the municipality to go out when roads were bad. Um, basically, I learned this when I was a kid with my dad growing up, and it just continued to take off. Have you spent any time in like a commercial, open to the public type shop doing these kinds of inspections? Because I always like to ask people, like, what's the the best example of, I guess I should say, the worst example of the most unsafe vehicle that you've ever seen come into a shop where you're like, I can't believe this person was driving this thing. <laughs> well, I seen control arms about ready to rust off and break, body mounts that are bad. I had one blazer that I was looking at and it had like two body mounts holding onto the frame. <laughs> I said, no, there's no way this thing can be on a road worthy. And people, they drive these things every day and don't think nothing about it. And that's kind of stuff that you're teaching the incarcerated population that, that's in your class. How many students do you have at any one time? Right now I have six because I, I was in COVID protocol when I started this class up and it will go back up to eight, what we normally have, eight in the morning and eight in the afternoon. What certifications do they walk away with? If they successfully complete your class, what do they reenter society with? Okay, if they complete my class with 70% or higher and have a driver's license, they can take the state inspection state inspections exam for cars and light trucks. And then also I have a MAC mobile air conditioning certification for 609 for retrieving and re recovering and recycling refrigerant properly. And also I have a VR welder that I have in class also that they can learn how to start learning how to weld. And what are they practicing on? Because you can't just bring any vehicle into a state prison, I assume. How do you make sure that they have the right material to, to practice and get the reps on? Okay, when I came here in 15, we had an old green Beretta, convertible Beretta that you seen when you were in the shop here. And there's a red car that I had donated back in 2017 from a buddy of mine that had a car dealership so that the guys were up to speed on some of the newer technology compared to the 1990 Beretta. I was going to ask you about the technology because anybody that's, uh, you know, has a, a car within the last 10 years, we all know it's not the same thing as probably when, when you got your start in the industry, right? There's a lot of computer technology, a lot of specialized tools. How do you stay up on the curriculum and how do you make sure that you're teaching the stuff that they're going to need to know once they're out in the community? Well, basically, the automotive industry changes every day. Um, naturally, right now we have electric cars going on the road, which the government's mandating. You know, by 2025, the state has to have 25% of electric cars. Um, but the thing is, we still have the old technology that we have in the cars, but you have to keep up with the date research stuff in order to teach the guys in here what's available out there to learn and what you know what to get into and what what not to get into basically a car today that still runs on fossil fuel has the same principles that it did back in the 60s 70s and the 80s it's just more confined to electronics to make it run better with less emissions Okay. And is it challenging for some of your incarcerated students that maybe haven't been out in the community? They might not have seen some of the newer technology to, are they surprised when they see some of the uh, computerized components of the cars nowadays? Yes. A lot of guys come into this class. They just take it because they think that it'd be something to learn. 
And some guys don't even know how to read a tape measure, don't even know what a screwdriver is, let alone you know, a wrench or a socket or a ratchet. And I had guys come out of here with their completing class with state inspection license. So tell me when, when you're talking to your friends or family at dinner and you want to go back to a, a time or a, a student that really impressed you or surprised you, um, Tell me that story. Tell me of somebody that, that is your go-to success story. Well, I had one uh, guy in here, um, never worked on a car day in his life, knew what a tape measure was, didn't have a clue on how to work on a car. And basically, when he was done with class and got his state inspection license, I hired him as a tutor, and he did a very good job at instructing stuff that I taught him in class. Um, and I always tell the guys, there's, if there's a will, there's a way. But I also can learn from them because if they don't understand the way I teach them, I have to provide a way for them to understand what I'm trying to get across to them so that they are capable of learning, you know, what's going on with the vehicle and what I'm expecting for them to do. What would you say is the most challenging aspect of teaching a class like yours to incarcerated people whether it's the uh, equipment or the availability of supplies or the students what do you think is is the the most challenging aspect the challenging aspect is trying to stay up on the new current stuff and get new stuff in here for them to learn on um, i always try to get stuff in here that you know, naturally we're taking stuff off a cart is broke. So if I can get something in here that's almost wore out, they can kind of understand what they're looking for when they're working on a car versus something that's in good shape. You know, something that's all rotted out. So you kind of have to get pictures, rely on the internet, trying to get stuff in order to show what's going on with the cars out there on the street today and what people are driving. We're speaking with Mr. William Bush. He's the auto mechanical technology and state inspection instructor at SCI Mercer. Mr. Bush, what would you want the public to know about the students that you teach? Well, maybe if they're going out looking for a job at the community upon their release or just uh, as they're reentering to society and becoming parts of their community again, you are in there with these guys working shoulder to shoulder every day. So I think you have an interesting perspective. What would you want people to know that maybe don't get to visit a prison or know the incarcerated students that you're working with? Basically, the guys in here, they screwed up. Okay, they paid their debts to society. and They're trying to make their life better. Um, you know, they come through here, they're getting an education in order to provide for them and their family to go out and make money so that they can have you know, a life back with their family and kids, you know, whatever they want to do there. But they can go out and be productive and support themselves. But the thing is, the people have to be able to give them a chance so they can go out into society and prove themselves, that prove to the people out there that they are able to do, you know, you work in a garage or whatever we teach here in, in, in an institution to help them to succeed when they get out of here. And there's opportunities out there, right? It seems like you can't drive down any road these days without help wanted signs being out there. This is a chance for them to get a, a real job, uh, in-demand job, and something that can actually pay the bills, right? Yes, and I stress that highly to my students every class. When you walk in my door, that's like you're coming into a job. 
every day. We come in here with a good attitude. Naturally, things don't go right all the time. But there are tons and tons of jobs out there that they lo are looking for mechanics and reliable mechanics to come to work, do the job, and send the car down the road safely. And keeping the car safe, you mentioned the, the inspection aspect of things, but you also have some equipment that the students learn on. Tell me about the uh, welding simulator that we saw when we were at SCI Mercer. Okay, the welding simulator, we were at a uh, CA conference and we seen it demonstrated and I said to the principal, uh, Ottman, of our facility here, and he went over and looked at it, and he was impressed with it. And we ended up getting one, but they are very good. And the thing is, on that, the guys challenge themselves when they do it because it gives you the score when you weld. It also plays back the video and shows you what you did right and what you did not do correctly. And it gives you the score you can practice with it and then you take your test score and these guys find it very challenging to do better you know trying to compete against each other right you always want to do better than the guy that's right next to you right right and it's all in good fun but it's basically towards learning how to weld and this is just preparing them for another opportunity another job that's out there in demand right now yes but also in the auto field you may have exhaust system that you may have to weld together. You know, take a cut a piece of pipe out, weld in a new piece of pipe, or repair a rocker panel or a piece of a frame. And this is good technology that would also go with the automotive field too. So what is next for the auto mechanical technology course at SCI Mercer? Where do you want to see it go in a year, five years down the road? Well, I keep want to keep it uh, learning. I mean, it naturally, you got to look, see what's out there, what to benefit the guys or the students here in the class. Um, we go any, we go from anything. Wheel alignment is the last thing that we do for wheel alignment. Um, the big thing is just keeping up with the technology and keep them interested in it so that they can go out and succeed. How popular is your class? It seems uh, there's a limited number of spots. I'd assume you have a waiting list for uh, a class like yours that teaches those types of skills. Yes, it, there is a waiting list. Um, we do have a simulator supposedly on order. It's supposed to be coming in, but the guys want to come down and learn. And actually, you have some guys that worked in a garage before they come into the institution, and they want to continue to learn with the newer stuff and keep up to date so they can go out of there and learn and also get a state inspection license so they can go back out on the street and work. So what makes for a good auto technician? What kind of qualities are you looking for when you choose your classes? Basically, you have to have an eighth grade reading level. Want to see good attitude, you know, no trouble, basically, and somebody that's willing to learn. Basically, I'm straight up for them, you know, listen, we come into class, we're here to learn. That's our job. We don't want no drama. Our job is to, my job is to teach you how to get these cars fixed. And sometimes some of those guys worked on cars and they tell about their experience that they had. And then when we go through class, well, we didn't do it that way. Maybe we didn't do it right. So, I mean, there's always a right way and a wrong way. And safety is number one in the class. That's the first thing we go over. Do you find that it's easier to teach the students that are coming in kind of a, a blank canvas, like you said, the guys that have never picked up a tape measure or a wrench before, or the guys that have a little bit of experience working in their garage and, and know their way around an engine? 
basically, if you get somebody that's green coming in, has never touched anything, sometimes it does work out good that way. But if you do have somebody that does had worked on a car before, sometimes that can help you also because they they see what may, they may have done wrong in the past. Like putting a car on a lift, jacking a car up properly. A lot of guys never do that. Well, I, I just worked underneath the car and never put a jack stand underneath it. I said, do you realize what can happen to you? No. I said, you could have been killed. Oh, I never thought about that. So basically, they're just thinking at the time of the moment. But, you know, we try to break old habits and make new habits for them to go through class and, like I said, get out of here and make a decent living to support themselves and family. Breaking old habits that might not have been productive and uh, instilling new productive habits seems yes. like kind of a theme, right, at, a, yes. at the state correctional institutions. Right. Basically, that's what you know, I tell them. That's what we're here for. Get rid of the old. That's in the past. We're going to start new. Start from scratch. Mr. William Bush, auto mechanical technology and state inspection instructor at SCI Mercer. Thank you again for your time this afternoon. Not a problem, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Mr. Bush from SEI Mercer. You can learn more about a variety of educational and vocational programs available at our SEIs on our blog at cor.pa.gov. For photos and videos, check us out on social media at CorrectionsPA on Facebook and Twitter. For executive producer Kurt Bope, I'm Ryan Tarkowski. Thank you for listening to the Pennsylvania Prisons and Parole Podcast, a production of the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections Communications Office. Until next time.